Traveling the Vortex We've joined the doctor on his extended sabbatical during episode 563. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How goes it? Welcome back, Sean. (laughs) We were on one of those, weren't we? We had an extended sabbatical once. It felt like an extended sabbatical. (laughs) Yours probably did. (laughs) How was recording without me? I have not listened to it yet. So quiet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's because oh, so you weren't here, you know, bringing the energy and the joy and the, the fun to the podcast. I, I imagine it went very smoothly. Sorry, and Keith, no that, probably, uh, that probably hurt a bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It it's went late very at smoothly. night and I'm tired. I get up early. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> I work an eight to five <laughs> and Sean, have young kids. Sean, so. what did you do on your uh, week off? Uh, I went to Disney. Yay. I won't bore you all with the details. Um, but, uh, for those of you that like to be bored with, uh, other people's vacations, I'll put out a, uh, a side trip detailing all the, the fun that we had. I will just say that we did have a lot of fun. Uh, Shy is a roller coaster fiend, <laughs> which we did not know how that was going to go, you know, cause she'd never really. Uh, and the, the, the very first one she rode was the Aerosmith Rock and Roller Coaster. Oh, gosh. I was going to say, well, at least you went to Disney where you kind of like have the, you can kind of soft in, softly go into <laughs> roller coasters, but you actually went to the big one first. No, we went to the big one first, you know, not not intentionally. It just worked out that way. And <laughs> I had not ridden this. It wasn't there the last time I was in the park. Mm. Um, so it's this very aggressive indoor dark ride uh upside down forwards backwards uh <laughs> rockets you through the it is, you know it's an intense coaster yes and is. uh it, i can just she's screaming next to me through the entire ride <laughs> and, and you're like i've traumatized like, my granddaughter <laughs> yeah i I, this, this, I totally thought man this is it this is the end of this we're not gonna we're not gonna ride any more rides while we're here Mel <laughs> and i will be doing the kid swap thing uh you know this, this is it and we pulled into the station and her hair is all plastered back. You know, she looks like that uh, Memorex meme with the guy in the poster. And she looks at me and goes, again, again. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, unfortunately, that set the, the tone then for every mm, subsequent ride. I'm sure. Is this fast? Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's, it's, a, is this a coaster? Well, it's a ride, honey. You know, we're in line for Winnie the Pooh. Is this fast? I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> but yes, we had a very, very good time. And I will bore you with more stories of that nature uh, when I get the, uh, the other one. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Side, side trip. trip. When I get, when I get the side trip done. Now, by the way, um, Patreon members and subscribers, um, if you, want sean shared a story with us before we started recording this podcast <laughs> that um, was quite humorous and we're going to put that up on patreon so that's an exclusive if you want to hear that you have to be a member so get those uh get those pocketbooks out <laughs> it's, uh, it's behind the paywall for good reason <laughs> yeah i would just say that so. <laughs> which it's also will be separate from the side trip Right, yes, right. Yes, I exactly. Won't, I will I will pitch it in the side trip and tell you. Now, if you want to know the end of this story, go over here. <laughs> well, did you guys get anything watched or uh, was Disney pretty much all consuming? Anything she new? Anything new watched? Anything new watched? 
Um, no, we are still uh, episode, I think, three on Ahsoka, oh, ooh, which our TV night is tomorrow night, so we get another one in, but we'll still be, we'll, we'll be behind, obviously. By a lot, though. Yeah. yeah. Unless you guys just do a marathon. Yeah, probably not, knowing. <laughs> three episodes tomorrow, go. Yeah, well, I, believe me, I want to. <laughs> I I am not to the holdup. <laughs> I think maybe once you see you, you've seen three or you're on episode two? We've seen three. They, 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 so last I think left after episode for, four, uh, you might be able to convince all of them to keep going because yeah, it I just ramps so up from there. <laughs> now I'm, I'm a, I'm a loving it. Such a good show. Yeah, it really is. We watched a million miles away, which is, uh, I believe it's Amazon. That's the one with, uh, the based on the true story of the, uh, Hispanic uh, migrant farm worker who goes to become an astronaut, starring Michael oh, with Pena. The, yeah, yeah okay. Michael Pena. Yeah, very good movie. Really, really enjoyed that one. It's oh. very, it's exactly what you would expect going into it. You know, it's a heartfelt, uh, warm, feel-good movie. But enough about me. What did you guys do, Keith? What'd you do? Uh, I read a book. What'd you? I read? read Star Wars: Rise of the Inquisitor. Something of the Red Blade. Hold on. It's a long title. Um, <laughs> it is It is a very long title. That's why I can't remember it. Um, it's basically the story of a Jedi who winds up joining the Inquisitorious. Hmm. And she. I wouldn't have actually, got that from the title. I know, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's surprising. What a, what a surprise. Are you sure you didn't spoil something like that? <laughs> it, uh, it actually is a character that was introduced in a comic as just a one-off, one of the Inquisitorious, and the author was able to dive in and do a full novel on it, and it is really good. Huh. Hmm. It's Star Wars Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade. Huh. That's what it is. Uh, Idelia S. Dawson, it just came out, and it's one of the better Star Wars books I've read outside of the High Republic lately. Very good, very good. Uh, and then I watched Amazon Plus's Interview with the Vampire. I have heard nothing but good things about that. Continue to add to the pile, please. It is very good. I, I can't, it's been a very long time since I've read the book. They have taken some very large liberties with their storytelling, um, predominantly updating the time period. So instead of being whatever it is, France, they said it pre just before 1900 in New Orleans. Mm. So Louis is a Cajun, a native New Orleans guy who is part French, part black, um, and kind of still the the the, it, the pimp that he is. I think he's in probably all, all French, all black. Well, that's true. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know. They don't dive into really his. They they they, they refer to him as a Cajun. Okay, so yeah. I don't. Oh. Yeah. So I don't. It's um, played by. You know, French is a nationality, not a race. Well, that's true. Okay, <laughs> just making sure yeah, we're on the same page. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> um. It's played by Jacob Anderson, is mm, Louis, yeah. who is uh, Grey Worm and Cinder, mm -hmm. and he does a phenomenal job. Well, I'll check it out. I will add it to my pile. Anything else? Nope. I didn't really do anything other than catch up on Ahsoka, and then uh, we did watch the latest uh, Only Murders in the Building, which was really, really good. 
In fact, I don't know if you guys are watching that, but there's a song that I downloaded um, just to put on my, um, well, Halloween playlist. <laughs> it's it's not it's not your typical spooky song, but it's it. I felt like it it worked, so <laughs> it's nice. it's a really good song. Steve Martin sings it, so it's a lot of fun. Is it King Tut? No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> it's I think it's called Which of the Pickwick Which of the Pickwick uh, Triplets Did It? I think is what it's called. The premise is the 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 musical they're doing <laughs> is there's been a murder in a um, lighthouse and the three infant babies are the suspects <laughs> so in this play that that's that's being performed so i can't go on any more than that because it gets so outlandish but steve martin is the inspector in the play his character charles is is playing the inspector in the play and he has to he does this song and it's a patter song so it's kind of like um Modern Major General, you know, where you do the, um, anyway, so he's been, he's been struggling with it all season. And in fact, he, he, he's so afraid of doing it that when he starts to do it, he goes into what they call the white room. And it's just like this hallucination where people, where actors go when they've, you know, lost the plot and they're just, it's like this weird, (laughs) some, some, some are there for days and they don't realize it. (laughs) Anyway, you know, people see them and they're like whacked out on drugs, but in their mind, they're in this euphoric place because they've gone there to escape this anxiety inducing thing. And this song happens to be his anxiety inducing thing. But for this particular episode, he actually gets through it. So you get, we get the whole song. (laughs) anyway there's a lot more to this show than that that's just a little piece of it i mean (laughs) the show is something completely different than what i'm making it out to be but this piece of it has been a lot of fun and that song is really really good this is tim trelaw this is david j howe i'm peter purvis i am cd miller this is lauren cornelius larry it's fraser for all things in the Doctor Who collecting world and beyond, the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. I'm Larry Van Mersbergen, your host, and I've been collecting for 42 years. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex on the Direction Point Podcast Network. We are going on a journey, a very long journey, through the world of the Target novelizations and publication order. Every week, we are looking at a new book, talking about Terrence Dix, Malcolm Hulk, and all our Doctor Who novelization friends. Whatever you do, keep turning the pages. This is Jason Miller of the Doctor Who Literature Podcast, a member of the Direction Point Podcast Network, and you are listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point Podcast. The other thing that I did uh, is going to be uh, this week's Something New 2-Minute Review. I reviewed The Beast of Scar Hill, which is a uh, audio from BBC Audio. All right, this is read by uh, Mina Anwar, who we all know played uh, Ronnie's mom, Chandra, on the... Uh, not Chandra, uh, Mina, on the uh, uh, Sarah Jane Adventures. Uh, and she does a phenomenal job. Um Obviously, it's really hard for every person that reads a book to nail the, the parts. But I think she does a really good job of making all of the different voices in this distinctive enough. I don't think the Doctor seems as commanding. It's the Ninth Doctor, and he's, he's, he's very 
commanding in in this first season and i don't think it comes across well enough as the way she performance for or reads it but that's okay it doesn't take you out of the story at all but it uh, takes place in the scar hill hotel and there's a really bad storm going on and the uh, patrons of the hotel and the staff are pretty much stranded inside they can't go anywhere uh, legend tells of this beast that uh, roams scar hill the Ninth Doctor and Rose show up, and it, it becomes a sort of base under siege story. It, it does have kind of this really neat atmospheric feel. I don't think it gets as intense as it could, but it's a pretty decent story. The things that I think it has going against it is the Doctor and Rose don't show up until about 15 minutes into this. And this is one of those these hour-long stories, so they're only in about... You know, three quarters of this thing. So there's a lot of character development, which I think suits the story well because you have a lot of players uh, in this story. However, I think it does go a little too long setting the atmosphere and setting the the scene. And then I think the other thing that I had, in, and this goes to the verge of maybe being a little spoilery, but the, when it's finally resolved, it's almost like the Doctor and Rose just were kind of there as players, and the Doctor really doesn't in a doctor-like way, solve this thing. It finalizes based on another character, and that was a little problematic because the doctor's going through all the motions of figuring things out, only to have everything kind of finalized without him being kind of our hero, which I suppose if you've got so much Doctor Who material out there, maybe you don't have to have the doctor be the hero every time, but it sort of sets it up that way, and it kind of subverts that at the end, and I think that was a little bit of a disappointment. It's almost like the doctor didn't need to be there. It's an enjoyable story, and if you've got you know a couple hours to kill, I uh, highly recommend it. And that's my something new two-minute review. Hi, I'm Rupert Booth. I am known as Paul Ferry. And my name is Barry Williams. Together, we host Time Ram. Time Ram's a cruel mistress. It's a random number generator. That also. We roll a number from one to thirteen. That's our doctor. Then one to three hundred for the story, and then we ram them together. Even if it doesn't make sense. Cruel, I tell you. Time round. Putting the wrong doctors in the wrong stories, so you don't have to. You're listening to Travelling the Vortex. Hello, fellow time travelers, and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the only podcast to discuss, in story order, all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Whit, and every two weeks or so, I'm joined by a two- to three-person discussion panel, including our so-called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979. That would be me. We also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Alison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point podcast. Well, let's move on to news. Big news this week. A trailer. Hey, Sean, Yay. did you get a chance to see it? I did get a chance Oh, good, because you were in a stupor all weekend, so I was afraid that... <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why if you get <laughs> We're really pushing Patreon, aren't we? Um, <laughs> uh, no, what did you guys think? 
Oh, I am so excited for this. These specials. <laughs> uh, I am equal parts jazzed and excited and thrilled and bring it on and I'm ready and a little apprehensive. What has you apprehensive about it? Well, without knowing, obviously, because it's a trailer, it feels very series four. We've got Mm -hmm. David Tennant back. We've got uh, Donna back um, and their dynamic, which is such a highlight for me watching um, that, that series. And it feels like we didn't miss a beat getting back into it. Which okay, cool. That that's that's a very big. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought that was the, I thought that was the detriment. But okay, go ahead. Well, in a way, it is Uh-oh. because it also feels like a retread. It it it, it feels like the and again, I don't know because we haven't we haven't got to it yet. But the mystery of why David Tennant is returning as the fourteenth Doctor. Why revisit this face just because you can, or is there something deeper to it or, you know, and then to give us a a familiar companion and to kind of go through the paces again, that's not new. That's, that's, uh, you know, a rehash of stuff that we got before. And for the 60th in particular, it seems a little, well, I mean, not that it has to be a ginormous multi-doctor extravaganza, but it seems like we should get something new and fresh to celebrate. The, the, the anniversary does that make sense yeah i i, I can so I, I, i'm sure my worries are baseless yeah i can see your i can but they're there i can see those concerns i i personally don't have that in fact every moment that i see this it's very exciting for me i kind of like the nostalgia of it i like the fact that we're not only celebrating 60 years of the series but we are celebrating new who and i think uh, David Tennant was a big part of the success of New Who, and I think it's familiar territory. Oh, so. It's familiar territory for Russell T. Davis. Um, you said it feels very season four. Well, yeah, because it's David Tennant, Donna <laughs> Noble, or David Tennant, Catherine Tate, and Russell T. Davis. I mean, they've come back right. to do the same characters that they that they left with. But I also think it kind of is a way. I don't. I've never felt like Donna's story was ever was closed well. And I, it, it, it always felt like it was left in a someday we'll revisit this. And so to me, this is that someday. And so I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad for that. I'd like to see what that it is. And I think that, that you can take and kind of wrap that up, uh, bring the excitement that I think Doctor Who, I mean, let's, let's be honest, the last couple of, of doctors have not been as energetic as we had with Eccleston, well, not even Eccleston, but, but David Tennant and Matt Smith. And so I think this is kind of a soft, I don't want to say a raw, soft reboot, but this is sort of a, a, a this is kind of a, a, a cheat or a easy way to kind of bring that back for the celebratory year. So I, I can't fault him from do, for doing that. I think that makes sense. Um, I'm not disparaging Peter Capaldi or Jodie Whittaker in any way. Oh, by yeah. saying No, 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 not but, at all. But that's just, the, that's the reality they of it. I tones. loved both of those doctors. I loved a lot of stories in their seasons. But overall, when I'm looking at at the energy of the show and fandom, it's it hasn't been there as like it had been, and so I think this is a way to kind of bring that back and maybe give Shooty some Shooty Gatwa some momentum as the fifteenth Doctor and get you know out of the gate. And so mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that, and I think that's what this this trailer energized me with because I think all the other trailers we've seen, 
we're, uh, I think I was ex- as excited about those, but this one is now the long trailer that we get to see a lot of things happening yeah. and get a better feel for what's going to happen. And finally, we are confirmed, although the trailer doesn't necessarily confirm it, but the BBC, but but BBC confirmed it, <laughs> that uh, Patrick, Neil Patrick Harris is, surprise, playing the toy maker. <laughs> well, what do you know? I know. Wait, I wonder why they decided to announce the- it. All, all that work that we've done with Toy America Archives is going to pay off. It is. We we did something right this time, Sean. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> you know, you know first, oh, I'm sorry, Keith, go ahead. I was going to say, going back to the, the tone and Sean's concerns, I think as unfair as it is, a lot of that to keep it from feeling like a retread is going to fall on the writing yeah. and David Tennant's performance. Yeah. If he can play the doctor as a slightly different version of the doctor, uh, making it mm. a very different, inc- or not even a very different, just a different enough incarnation from the 10th doctor, it's not going to make it feel like a retread. And I'm yeah. really hopeful that they do that. I, I don't see that though. I don't see that happening with, I think he's going to play it very much like the 10th doctor, probably maybe a, a older, wiser 10th doctor. But I think that, well, more, and that's what I want. I want them to not not ignore, you know, him slip back in the old shoes and ignore the history of what's happened to this character over the last several incarnations. Yeah. He needs to still have some of that weight, I think, moving forward. Right, right. To go back to your point, Glenn, about Donna Noble's story being unfinished and that this is that someday, I think that's another source of apprehension for me. Because Donna dodged a bullet. And now the bullets are coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's lurking out there in the universe with her name on it, you know? Um, and, you know, it could be argued that she got a happy ending. I mean, she got married. She won the lottery. She, you know, yay. <laughs> but by that same token. It's a happier ending than death. <laughs> she She had finally, I don't want to say come into her own, but... She, she kind of completed her journey to become an actual functioning adult in society thanks to her interactions with the doctor. And she was exposed to such a larger world than just being a temp or just being a, uh, you know, a daughter. And, and, and so much of that character growth was wiped away and, and how tragic that is. And yet could be a lot worse and so i'm very like eh, because (laughs) i'm i'm with you i want to see what happens i want to see the conclusion of her story but i will be watching from behind the couch with my fingers over my eyes because i'm I'm not sure i want to see what's going to happen well you know time will tell we'll see i mean we've only got about a month no almost two months if you count to the 23rd which i'm kind of thinking which with no release date still confirmed that i have a feeling that those specials are going to be a lot closer to the to the anniversary so and then of course uh, the other thing i think that i we got out of the trailer is the fact that Jimmy redgrave will reprise her role as kate lethridge stewart i don't think we knew that yet the only thing we had seen about Jenna Ridgway. We knew she was coming up, but well, not with the 14th Doctor. Right. We had we knew that uh, she had, they were talking unit spinoffs. So. Well, and they announced her with the 15th Doctor. Oh, she too, did. I oh, okay. I, did, I yeah. didn't remember that. Okay. We so knew we, she was coming. Uh, we just know she was coming this soon. 
and we get a shot of Avengers Tower. I mean, Unit Tower. <laughs> and any uh, any odds on uh, whether or not uh, the, she destroys this one? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I really have a feeling that the reason why we destroyed the last one and got a brand new glossy clean one is for the Unit series. So it would make sense. <laughs> Something so we, we missed. think this one might stick around. Yeah, we think so. Something we missed last week um, when Keith and I recorded was uh, they did announce that Miriam Margulies uh, will join Doctor Who playing um, Beep the Meat. So, and for those of you that don't know who that is, that was she played uh, Madame Sprout Hooch. in the Harry Potter or Madame Hooch. No, no, no Sprout, 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 yeah, Madame Sprout. Sprout. You're right. Yeah, Madame Sprout. Sprout. Hooch was the um, brooms teacher yes quidditch. the quidditch teacher um and then so yeah she played madame sprout so she's also a, a very very funny comedian she's, she's a very adult <laughs> adult humor comedian <laughs> if you ever listened to or, or watch any of her material but keep the kids out of the room <laughs> well moving on um recently there was um some concerns that uh, Russell T. Davis was going to um, gloss over the whole timeless child. Uh, and he uh, has responded to that. Keith, you want to take that? Yeah. Uh, in the most recent Doctor Who magazine, um, they had a quote from him while watching the final version of the Star Beast. Uh, he ironically responded that the 13th Doctor's TARDIS remained intact despite all the alleged erasure going on. He said, quote, Oh my God, the TARDIS, the Jody exterior, she has not been erased. And yet by erasing her, are we erasing the argument that she's been erased? This is an act of an erasure. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> he was being a little coy with it, but I think he, yeah. I think he is acknowledging that while there has not been a lot said that there's still evidence that the 13th doctor exists, that the story exists and that he's not necessarily yet glossing over the timeless child. It seems odd that there are claims of it when there's no evidence to support that he is doing it. Right. I thought the same thing. I'm sure it's wishful thinking on certain people's parts, but it's interesting that he, you notice how diplomatic he was. Oh yeah. Oh, we're not, we're not erasing Jody. Well, nobody ever said anything about erasing Jody. <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the concern or the, the hope uh, was that the timeless child elements of Jody's story were going right. to be so glossed he's still over playing or ignored. Coy. Yeah. And uh, as is Russell's nature, maybe. Well, he also just kind of, I think, was poking fun at everyone fearing that he's doing erasure because he then later goes on to say uh, in reference to the show moving back to London mm-hmm. uh, for the on-screen location of, Oh my God, that's London too much London. I liked Sheffield Sheffield snub. It's still very <laughs> rude to the people of Sheffield. I will post about this and get reactions to the snub. <laughs> so I think he's just having a laugh. I think at he is too. Everyone. We shall see. Again, again, time will tell. Yeah, absolutely. We, yep. we shall see. Um, and then uh, one other thing we had was, just real quick, uh, the Doctor Who Worlds Apart, that's the online um, TCG game that has uh, been uh, well worked on quite a bit recently. Um, they are actually doing their uh, open testing uh, this weekend. 
uh, on October 29th. Um, that's you have to do it. It closes after that. But September, you, can, you mean? I'm sorry, September. Yes, September 29th at 11 a.m. BST. And after that time, you have to have a founder's token in order to have continued access to that. If you've uh, already registered for the uh, foundation tournament, then you can get on Discord server and uh, coordinate battles with, with others. So that is there. Go check it out. Our next bit is something that we're adding now. Uh, we're going to talk about some upcoming conventions that are coming up. These are just quick mentions. Um, the DEFCON Sci-Fi Toy Film and Comic Fair is happening on October 1st in Plymouth in the UK. And uh, the Doctor Who guest featured there will be Janet Fielding. And then, of course, in the US, Oktoberfest 2023 Collision is coming up at the uh, in Plainsville, Indiana on October 21st. And the big Doctor Who guest for that one is Sophie Aldred. I would so love to get out there and see that one. That's only, what, a nine-hour drive from here? Gosh, if I had the time and the money, I would just go. Mm-hmm. That's so much fun. You are invited on an adventure across all of time and space, in a completely random order. It's the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. Jump in the TARDIS with your hosts, Eric Goldbranson, Asad Cheshki, and Matthew Kressel. Explore Doctor Who TV stories, audio adventures, and books, both novels and nonfiction. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. It's the entire Hooniverse. On Shuffle. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a member of the Direction Point Network and is available about once a month wherever you find your podcasts. You are listening to Traveling the Vortex. Let's move on to our review of the third Doctor Adventures, The Annihilator. Did you notice anything odd about that policeman? No. Why? He seemed strangely blank. From Big Finish Productions, The Third Doctor Adventures, The Annihilators. There's no way out. We're trapped. What happened with the TARDIS? There was an odd surge of... Well... Um... Of what? Gravity. Gravity? Oh, my giddy aunt. What's that? I'm hallucinating. I must be. They say that talking to yourself is a first sign of madness. What? But still, let's hope you appreciate the gravity of the situation. Doctor! Jamie! It's so good to see you. You too. Oh, we better um, keep our voices down. Big finish for the love of stories. There's something in the water at Luke Docks. Something strange and green and deadly. Summoned to the North England, the north of England by a mystery mystery informer. The brigadier finds his investigation hampered at every turn by the local police. Just what are they trying to hide? While the third doctor uncovers sinister goings on at the city morgue. Liz attracts the attention of something unearthly. But with time running out, quite literally, the doctor and Liz and units aren't the only ones to find themselves targeted by a world-shattering alien menace. But because they've got a previous doctor and his best friend Jamie in their sights, too. Dun-dun-dun. Yep. <laughs> I would I would mm-hmm. give it a resounding dun-dun-dun as well. Keith, you want to start this week? 
Oh, sure. Uh, a resounding dun-dun-dun. They did such a good job capturing the season seven era of the show uh, straight down to the seven-part story. Um, <laughs> I think the story itself is very well thought out and very well executed, even down to the point of we're going along, we're going along. Okay. I don't trust either of these aliens, but I don't trust the people impersonating the police even more. And then, you know, the, the second doctor shows up and gets confused and thinks that the people who kidnapped him are the ones trying to destroy the earth. And then I go right along with him. <laughs> I don't even question myself. So I get confused and are taken aback when it's, you know, oh, wait, no, they're not the bad guys. They're the good guys. And I think it's a very clever mechanism and that well, very well executed. And the fact that I got swept along so much by the story that I totally got sucked in. And even though I initially thought, well, these one of these guys is good and one of these guys is bad that I got far enough in and got sucked in and confused enough that I couldn't tell which was which anymore, mm. which I think is what they were intending. Right. Um, the Brigadier was fantastic throughout this entire thing, as was uh, Tim Trelore as the third doctor and Daisy Ashford as Liz. All the writing for the characterizations I thought was fantastic and the performances were very well well done. Uh, they you totally bought that these were the original actors. Um, Michael Troughton, when he shows up, I think is very well into the swing of being the second Doctor because I didn't. I heard just the second Doctor the entire time while doing it. Um, and then the fact, you know how they were able to reconcile two being together and not causing complications, I thought was very, very clever as well. Mm-hmm. Overall, I think it was a, a very good story. Um, sometimes it felt a little long, but it, that also fits into the time frame that they're setting the story. Yeah. I do to, to address the, um, how well they were able to place the second doctor and third doctor together in this together. And I think that this interaction actually sets up the more contentious bantering of, 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 you know, butting heads in the three doctors, because that clearly happens after this. And I think when Mm -hmm. they're united in that there's, when it first comes about, it's almost like you can tell there's already some tension between the two, that they, they don't operate well together. They don't have the same ideas. And I think you were supposed to we're supposed to think that the third doctor remembers this personality and, and either regrets it or is ready to put it behind him and, and or doesn't agree with his former you know persona or his first personality or his former personality. But this one so much sets that up better because they come to this at loggerheads because of what's happening. And I think that the way that this is left, it almost forgives the third doctor for already being in the uh, state of mind and position that is in, is in, in the three doctors when the second doctor shows up now back up in this case. And so I think it makes that work a lot better that we've had this confrontation or we've had this interaction between the two. And based on this, it kind of makes it 
it makes it more sellable that the that the third doctor is the way he is to the second doctor and and in and, and in turn the second doctor uh, back at the uh, third doctor it makes that work a lot better for me well especially for the third doctor perspective because i never got the impression that the three doctors was set during season 6b it wasn't so it would be an earlier version of the second, second doctor, doctor. yeah that's true. who in theory would remember the third doctor except for the fact that you know when it's a multi-doctor story they don't remember what happens that is true (laughs) thanks to the retconning of the 50th anniversary i also think though that the (laughs) yeah that's true i also think that the um well and it works the fifth for the uh the fifth doctor or for the uh yeah 25th anniversary as well but i think that the only reason we don't place the three doctors in season 6b is because there's nothing in the three doctors that requires it to be season 6b so that's the only reason Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily that it isn't happening at that time but there is nothing that 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 contradicts it happening so that it has to be placed in season 6b so this could that could happen after the third doctor or during the that this era as well we just don't place it there yet so it's interesting to think of it in that perspective of of you know the three doctors was hit as history to the second doctor and future to, future the, third to doctor, the third doctor yeah mm-hmm. which is it's really an interesting way to kind of think about how they approach each other absolutely and it, and they kind of in a way portray it that way in my opinion and i think it's written almost that way that the second doctor kind of recognizes the third doctor because of the three doctors but the third doctor only recognizes the second doctor because it's his history. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that probably is what makes it work well as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the other and thing. And the fact of having Jamie is older, I think is a nice touch too. Yes, absolutely. And again, I, I have to, in my head, although the cover of this one makes it easier to think this way, but I still in my head have to think, okay, it's it would have been how old he was when he was with the second doctor in the two doctors, uh, special so with mm-hmm. uh colin baker so i still picture him that way and i think the cover of this one does a better job than that second uh uh second doctor uh, anthology, yeah. <laughs> anthology but uh box set did but see i have to kind of disagree with you uh at least on the the back end of that statement because i've never had a, a an issue thinking of jamie as the two doctors jamie that that's that that to me is that's Jamie, you know, like I can hear it as the age has crept into his voice and okay, cool. We're there. But when I saw the cover of this, I was like, well, who's that guy supposed to be? <laughs> <laughs> who's the guy in the kilt? Yeah. Cause it wasn't Jamie. <laughs> Either version. It looks a little like Brando, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, if I'm not wrong, thing? if you look at it really close, no, it no. kind of looks like Marlon Brando, a younger it Marlon really Brando. Does. Wait, when did we get to unbearable lightness of being? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other, um, the other thing that I was going to address on this was the, um, it's the Helt, and I cannot remember the name of the other species that is the, <laughs> your typical green blob gooey, um, which the, I, the actual good guys. When I, I I've listened to this twice because I had to listen to this about a month and a half ago to make sure that this fit <laughs> where we were placing it in uh, <laughs> season six B. Um, but then I listened to it recently again, and I still can't remember their names. But the, I remember the first time listening to this, wondering if we were going the Ruton route with this. Um, unfortunately, mm-hmm. well, or fortunately, we don't. But uh, I kind of I, I I had sort of 
went that route with the, the description of, of, of these, what we were getting. Um, but the Helt is the other one. And I think what this also harkens back to is, although I think that the Helt, well, maybe even the uh, Dravids are the same way. If you remember Galaxy 4, we are led to mm-hmm. believe that the mm-hmm. scary-looking monsters that the reals are are the bad guys, and yeah. the beautiful blonde-haired women are the good guys. And it, you know, at that it kind of flips it on its on its ear and turns it around, and we find out that the reals are actually are the good guys. And this is kind of that same concept where the green gluey blob guys are being described as ooh creepy scary invaders from space and the hell because they've at least taken the uh, we i don't know that this is their actual form i think they allude to the fact that they have a different form as well i don't think they come out of that form after they've been revealed but anyway we have these what we expect human-like looking people so naturally our inclination is well these are the good guys so i think that it's not something that hasn't been done before but i think it's done really well again in this story uh, by uh circumventing those expectations it's not something that's done very often yeah um and i'm surprised it doesn't happen more and as Nick Briggs kind of mentioned in the bonus features that he wanted to do a reverse class of access. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It, it, <laughs> there's another good example, example of, of, uh, circumventing the we, norm there. Yeah. They think they're good because they look nice and then mm-hmm. later reveal that they are nasty and they don't look nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the only other alien species was Grestinor. Grestinor. Yeah. Which is a really weird, awkward name, in my opinion. <laughs> Seconded. <laughs> Sean, I didn't mean to step on you. I just I hadn't finished my thoughts there. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're all right. Um, I I struggled with this a little bit because I felt like for for, for the very clever use of not all that is ugly is bad. Um. I kind of felt the story was a little pedantic. It, it was a little predictable. It was a little, yeah, okay, I've been there, done that. We, we, we've seen this before. But honestly, I didn't care. Because of all the things you guys mentioned with the casting and the chemistry and the vibe and the setting and the tone that made it a third Doctor adventure up to and including the seven parts. And there were, there was a part of me that I, I looked at the runtime on this and went, uh-huh, sure, yeah, well, most of that's going to be, you know, special features. <laughs> and then got to part four and it didn't end. And I went, oh, are, are, are we going to go there? And I got kind of giddy excited because it's been a while since I have immersed myself in a third Doctor story. And... So as it played out, I just, I was right there. It felt like the seventies. It felt like a, a, a third doctor, you know, and, and every week and there's a capture and an escape and, you know, a couple of the cliffhangers don't work, you know, like, whoa, wait, the brigadier shot the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Say what? That's actually a bad example because that one kind of worked for me. I was like, well, how are you going to get out of this? <laughs> But, um, you know, it just, they had the, the tone of it so well done that 
I found myself kind of glossing over any issues with the story and the plot because mm. it's like, I don't care. I'm having fun. And what a well done homage to this kind of whole era that mm. they've got going on there. Although well, now I... that you've said it, yeah, the Rutans would have totally made this story <laughs> so much better. <laughs> it, it almost, they, they almost do an improvement on the story because unlike a lot of the third doctors to me, it didn't feel like as much of capture and escape to pad it out. It just felt more luxurious and yeah. spending time building the mystery more than trying to get to the action and have a capture and escapes. But maybe but that's you notice, more me. E- even in the, the, the method with which it was done, it was very, we, we 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 get some suspense we get some some science stuff we we get a lab we, we get unit we get calling reinforcements we get all of those boxes are ticked you know what i mean all of the tropes are there for for a third doctor story and then once you finally get to like the last two episodes then all of a sudden the action scenes kick in and it yeah. is action by havoc. The brigadiers throwing grenades down hallways, and, you know, the machine gun fire gunfire nonstop. Fire, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it was right there. So even with the, the kind of expanded and, and um, embellished story beats, it so perfectly mirrored all of those things that you would expect from this era. Yeah. So for me, I've never made it a secret that I don't like the, third doctor marathon era i don't like the seven part stories i mean that the stories themselves are good but they i've always said they need to be shorter they don't need to drag them out for seven and i and i know the reasons why they did that back in the 70s there was an absolute good reason for that because of the you know budget constraints and everything else but i've never been a fan of the seven part stories i've never been a fan of the, the six part stories in that era and I agree with you 100% that that all of this, it's the nostalgia of this that, that makes this work as a seven-part story. But there's more to it than that, I think. In this story, there's a lot of characters, and there's a lot of character development, and there's a lot going on. Because not only do we have mm-hmm. the third Doctor and Liz and the Brigadier, we also have the second Doctor and Jamie that are introduced like three episodes in. We don't even get them in the first couple of episodes. I mean, we get the little, you know... Gravita- or Gravitron thing that you hear the Gravatar. Yeah. Gravatar, yeah. And but then we've got the you know the help all of those characters that are the the uh, um, inspectors in disguise, and then you've got uh, Al, and you've got his girlfriend, and you've got the other reels. And it just there's and they they're always going away to different things and keeping you interested, and you don't get bored because we're seeing all of these different parts of the story as they're constructing this mystery, and so it's paced really well. So you never feel mm-hmm. like it's trotting. You never feel like it's like okay, just get get to the next thing, and you don't. Don't even notice that there hasn't been a lot of action until you get to the action and you realize, oh, well, this is where the action finally happens. <laughs> and so that's what makes this a good seven seven part story because it does the the it does things right with plotting that story out so that it doesn't feel like it's dragging and it doesn't feel like they're just causing they're just putting filler in there to get seven episodes out of it. Right, and it's one of those. Uh, yet another example of Big Finish being able to meld the modern storytelling mm-hmm. with the trappings of a classic story. Mm-hmm. All of those things where it doesn't feel like it's drawn out and you know, even some modern ideas into the story are there 
but it feels like it could belong in that era. Something they get right half the time with the uh, second Doctor Adventures, because I think we've commented right. on how the first story in each of those sets never feel like a second Doctor story, but the second and third always feel or have so far felt like second Doctor stories. So at mm-hmm. least they get it right. Well, and the fact that they don't even try to do multiple stories in this box set. It's right. just no, one this big is story. just one big story. Yeah. And I think As that was something should... else that was refreshing. Because uh, as you said, Glenn, I'm right there with you. When when we were doing our Friday Night Who's and having to break up these six and seven and eight part stories into into multiple weeks just because there was so much there. Um, I was never never really a big fan of it but i think because of that because i wasn't a fan of that and i stayed away from it that coming back to it and seeing what they were going to do and, mm-hmm. and hitting that nostalgia button kind of was like yeah this is this is very kind of cool i mean i again don't know that i'd want it all the time but it was it was fun to return to well and, and i don't know about you guys i didn't sit down and listen to this in one go it was spread no, out was over a week. <laughs> kind of kind of how these stories were intended to be viewed was spread out. So the fact that in an audio format, you're not I, at least I'm not sitting down listening to the whole thing at once. So right. it also works to have that longer story, that longer format in an audio version. My first yeah, absolutely. My, my first go around with it, I did spray it out. My second go around with it, I listened to it in less than two days. Wow. Yeah. Of course, I knew it was coming, so it, it didn't even seem as long the second time I listened to it. So Yeah. Well, it depends on what you're doing. I mean, I can I was doing knock a lot out of, some audio if I'm mowing. I was doing a lot of <laughs> yard work at the time, yep. Yeah, yep, yep. Because <laughs> that second time round, too, I don't have to listen to it as intently and as closely because I already know the story. I'd already heard it once, so. Mm-hmm. Anything else we want to talk about on this one? All right, well, let's find out what we got coming up on the schedule. What an delight these people were. Just an absolute delight that these people were. Uh, coming up on the schedule, we return to the 60th anniversary tie-in tales with Once in Future, The Martian Invasion of Planetoid 50. What a fantastic title that is. Uh, and then and the Sean, ongoing... you haven't started that, right? I have not started it yet. No, oh, you are in for you are in for a treat. <laughs> oh, quite my whistle with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then liberation of the Daleks, parts nine through twelve, the continuing story of the ongoing Fourteenth Doctor in comic strip form. Uh, and we will follow that with some more sixtieth anniversary tie-ins with uh, a, an honest to goodness book review. It's been a while since we've done one of those. It feels like. Uh, Timeless Adventures, the unofficial story of how Doctor Who conquered television. I can't wait to find out. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, we return to Doomsday with uh, The Dying Hours, which is a big finish audio, which will be uh, hours 20 through 23. And then uh, some sort of uh, social media for hour 24 to finish it off and uh, uh, put the the nail in the coffin or deliver her from from death's door. I presume and that's the wrap-up story that uh, James Goss will write for the 
uh, last hour of this and that's they're doing that they're going to yes. post that on doctor who uh it, it says on the website on the doctor who digital channels the first story i think they said that too and they posted it on the website so i'm assuming that's will end up on the website as well it's a digital channel it is a digital channel and we will find out at that time whether or not james goss is uh enamored enough of his own creation to to save her from the hangman's noose or uh, <laughs> if he's gonna let her go uh, stay tuned true believers <laughs> close my notes hang on <laughs> All right, of course, you can find us at uh, TravelingTheVortex.com. If you get any value out of this podcast, why not consider putting some value back into it? You can do that becoming a uh, patron of the pa- of the podcast. Click on that Patreon link, and uh, when you become a patron of the podcast, you unlock more audios and specials by us. Um, right now, forthcoming uh, will be a very interesting story of Sean's trip. If we haven't <laughs> if we haven't uh, wet your appetite for that enough yet, or teased that enough yet, um, be sure to uh, check that one out. Uh, if you give just a dollar a month, just a dollar a month helps us out tremendously. Uh, if we could get 10 people to give $10 a month, that would be even better. Um, it does help us keep the server on. We did just recently uh, renew our server space, and it's been very close and tight, and we may not make it next year because, as you know, costs are going up. Um, so if you want us to be able to stick around for another year, help us out. Also, please consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to this podcast. It does bump us up in the ratings and recommendations. And, of course, uh, check us out on all forms of social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. And, or, it was rather X, I guess. I'm never going to get used to calling it X. And uh, <laughs> anything else we need to touch on before we close this one? I will say, um, if you get a chance, check out our other uh, fellow podcasters on the uh, Direction Point uh, Network. We don't talk about this enough. We are part of the Direction Point Pod, Doctor Who Podcast Network. Uh, there are other great podcasts on there. The Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, Doctor Who Target Book Club Podcast, Police in a Junkyard uh, Podcast, Time Streams is on there. Uh, the um, uh, Doctor Who Literature Podcast is a, is a new one that's just joined, um, well... A few months back. Um, Time Ram, Doctor Who Gives a Blank. I can't say that word on our family-friendly show. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And the Doctor's Beard. Wow. The Doctor's Beard podcast. And then the Wibbly Wobbly Timey Wimey podcast. And I hope I didn't leave any of our friends out. But be sure and check those guys out. We do have a link on our website to those shows as well. And as always, make sure you check out our sister podcast, uh, The Five-ish Fangirls, which I think... um, we were sort of responsible for uh, getting that one off the ground, so we'll take credit for that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, check them out. They do uh, not just Doctor Who, but they do all areas of fandom. Um, so if there's something you like, they probably are going to touch on it. So be sure and check those guys out over there. We also have a link to that on our website as well. Now I think I'm done. Are we done? That was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> if that's going to do it for this time, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. And I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Direction point! Direction point! A Doctor Who podcast network.